Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce my first book is now in print. The title is Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. I have discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I explain eight out of the 14. I've had some amazing feedback on how easy it is to read and understand. It's not full of technical, doctory language like most books written by doctors are. And of course, the book also includes my own personal fatigue story, along with four other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. It's available in paperback and Kindle forms. So if you'd like a copy, you can find it on Amazon or on my website, www.drcary.com. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm very excited about this week's show because my special guest is someone that I greatly admire, Melissa Curtis. Let me tell you a little bit about Melissa. In 2013, Melissa was a partner in a strategic business planning firm and was worried about her health. In May of 2013, she faced a major health crisis. Her blood pressure was through the roof at 167 over 110, and that was even on three medications. She had been diagnosed with elevated liver enzymes, which meant that fat cells were clogging her liver and started to uh, damage her liver cells. She was 100 pounds overweight and had gained oh, about 40 pounds in less than five years. Having been an active, determined athlete most of her life, even competed in a triathlon, she was devastated by this news. All the methods she had tried had failed and now she was contemplating weight loss surgery. But before making that dis disastrous mistake, something would happen that would change everything. Tim Ferriss, entrepreneur, author, and angel investor, sent out a tweet and a blog post, which she saw mentioning a new service was available online to obtain your biomarkers via a blood test and would enable you to see where your problems were and address them. And you didn't need a doctor's permission to do this. Using this information and more, she used her business skills and decided to put together a team and a program. Basically, she became the CEO of her own health. And the results she had were stunning and surprising. She was able to totally reverse her insulin resistance, her fatty liver condition, her blood pressure is now in the optimal range. She stopped two of her medications and cut the third one in half. She became pain-free and regained the function of joints, which were previously diagnosed with osteoarthritis and needing joint replacement. She lost 50 pounds in less than seven months 
and is still moving toward an optimal weight. Melissa's mission today is to share what she has learned with as many people as she can so that they can learn how to put together the pieces that will deliver the kind of results she achieved and allow them to restore and improve their own health. The process can seem overwhelming, but with a bit of guidance, Melissa believes almost anyone can become their own CEO of their own health. Melissa is 62 years old and she shares what she has learned in a weekly free podcast on iTunes called Fat to Fit My Quest and at her website, www.fattofitmyquest.com. She also has a Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash fat to fit my quest. Melissa, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. My great pleasure. Thanks for having me. Melissa, I love your story because you are just a regular person struggling with health problems and taking control of your health. So I think with today's podcast episode, you're going to give a lot of people a lot of hope and inspiration out there. So I'm really excited about having you share your, your story, your struggles, your progress with all of us. Yeah, I think uh, I get emails from people. I just, just read one this morning that came from someone uh, that listened to the podcast and uh, wrote me just saying how encouraged they were hearing you know what I've shared with people. I kind of just put it all all out there. Uh, once I decided to uh, to share the mission and share what what went on, but probably one of the biggest steps I think people can make is to get a basic blood panel. Um, and the service I recommend is Wellness FX. I'm I'm not sponsored by them. I don't get paid by them. I have had them on my show to share more information, but that changed my whole perspective from being. Uh, on one side of the equation from being involved in the process of changing my health and of really taking action myself. And they give you this little dashboard with your results and it shows you going from red to green or from red to orange to green or wherever you are in all your metabolic markers. And it also has explanations and videos and all kinds of stuff. And I think it's huge because it it's almost gamified it, it lets you try to get really involved mentally in changing those numbers and that immediately impressed me and I, I, believe me there was a lot of stuff in the red a ton of stuff in the red but the thing that surprised me so much was within the 30 days or 60 days how some of those markers dramatically turned around and i couldn't believe it because you know the news was so bad starting out um, but people can get this done, and uh, it's it's a couple hundred bucks for a basic panel there. I don't know what their prices are today, but just go online to wellnessfx.com, and you can find out more about it. But it shows you your blood sugar levels, your insulin, uh, your inflammation markers, which are key, and uh, a whole range of stuff. I, I got the deluxe thing because I also have a thyroid issue that I'm working on reversing now. And um, I wanted to see everything that was there. I think what a lot of people have difficulty with after that first step is, what do I do now? How do I get someone to help me with the information? But they also have a service where they can reach out to, uh, you can reach out to someone, a functional medicine or integrative medicine practitioner through their service. And you can look at their background. You can look at their um 
where they work, what they do, what kind of patients they see, what kind of diets they work with. Everything from, you know, a paleo-ish like I'm doing to vegan, vegetarian, whatever. And um, that takes you to the second step, which is working with, in my opinion, you need to work with a practitioner that's uh, aligned with you, that wants to help you in this journey. And unfortunately, in my opinion also, uh, a lot of conventional medicine doctors, such as my former doctor, uh, just were not on this page with me. They just weren't about... um, looking at diet and the whole body as a, as a way to heal yourself. And I think, like I say, in the first 60 days, when I went back and did another test, uh, what I'd tried two years using a a traditional diet, uh, hadn't made any impact on the liver problem. And in 60 days, probably in 30 days was what my doctor told me, my, my, what I call my performance doctor, uh, that was, that condition was reversed. So it's pretty impressive as to what just changing your diet can do. It's amazing. So just to recap for our listeners, all of the tests that you mentioned are all vitally important for assessing the health. And if your doctor is not running these tests, this tool that Melissa is telling us about uh, is available and you don't even need a doctor to, to have this, this panel run. Exactly. And and Melissa, you had said you had a lot of issues, a lot of red areas. What gave you the motivation to push through? Because a lot of patients, they would say like, oh, my gosh, I can't do it. It's just too overwhelming. Was there one thing that that made you uh, to to really want to move forward? What what was that? Well, I think the the second step that pushed me forward was actually interacting with the guy I call my performance doctor, Dr. Uh, Charles Carpenter. I found him through Wellness FX, and then we set up a Skype uh, call uh, for us to talk about uh, the panel. And your practitioner that you choose through Wellness FX, you're not stuck with them. You can have a call with them, or you can have a Skype with them and see if they fit what you want to do. And then if you find they don't, you can just, you know, goodbye. Um, so we set up a, an initial consultation and your practitioner is able to log in and look at your stuff with you so you can go through it together. And I said, this looks not good. <laughs> I expected it to look bad, but I said, this looks really bad. I don't, you know, what, what is the outlook here? And he said, well, you know, it depends a lot on you. He said, how do you, you know, how are you approaching this? And I said, I'm going all in. I'm, I'm changing my diet. I'm giving up gluten. I'm giving up soy. I'm, I'm, going, you know, all in. And he said, okay. (laughs) Uh, he, he had had patients that had kind of done what I've done, but he said, you, you seem really determined. And he said, I just want you to know, you're probably going to have setbacks. You're probably going to have bad days. And then I started telling him about how I was assembling a team to help me, how I was going to try to find someone to work with me for physical therapy, for my uh, joint issues, and then find someone to work with me to rehab those. And he said, he was kind of surprised, I think, by what I had to say. And that's where I got the concept of putting together a team to help me so that they would keep track of everything I was doing. And then we would look at the results on a 30 day basis. And he said, okay, uh, well, (laughs) when he looked at my general inflammation marker, which was 16.9, Wow. He said, he said, I think you either have a massive infection or you're in big, big trouble. 
And I said, "Uh oh, well, (laughs) how do we get that down? And he said, well, you know, we'll start with diet. We may have to use some supplements to try to get the blood sugar under control. Again, uh, insulin resistance was huge, probably built up over decades. And he understood that looking at my history. I'd given him a brief history, but I also made sure he got records uh, from my last 15, 20 years of, you know, medical records so he could understand. But he said, you know, insulin resistance maybe can be turned around, maybe not. He said a lot depends on the individual. So he said, I'm not going to tell you that this is doable, but he said improvable for sure. So I was super psyched about six months ago when everything went to green on the insulin resistance. (laughs) I was like, yay, I've done it. Um, But again, I think you have to look at it from a team perspective that you're going to assemble members of your team to help you. And one of the things I did um, just as I went forward was I said, I'm going to concentrate on on getting the best food I can for the diet plan I'm following, which was, as I've talked about, uh, a paleo-type diet plan, real food, uh, no processed food, no processed sugar, no gluten, uh, no soy. And eventually when I did an allergy test, I also gave up dairy. But by that time, I was pretty far down the road. And uh, that was my main focus. Again, I worked with a physical therapy person and then a trainer on an individual basis to help me. And I made them do everything for me. I made them keep records and keep track of weigh-ins, of measurements, of photographs and all these things. I just didn't bother with any of that myself. I just said, you guys do it. Every 30 days, we'll check in and see where we are. And that takes a huge... Uh, weight off you from the perspective of, oh, my weight's up today. Oh, it's down today. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, uh, uh, you know, it, it takes all that right out, out of, off your plate. All you have to do is concentrate on getting some good meals, um, using supplements if your doctor recommends them to help you get things balanced out and then move forward. Um, Dr. Carpenter did recommend a, uh, to talk to a psychologist which I haven't done yet. <laughs> it's on my list. Uh, but many people may find that helpful as well to discuss some of the issues they have with eating, with weight, with um, adjusting what they're doing, their their whole eating plan. There's no question that uh, your relationship with food is key in this equation. I found that as I went forward and embraced the paleo situation, as I say, my own version of paleo, because I probably do a lot more vegetables than a lot of the folks following that. And uh, I probably do some more restrictions than they do in terms of sugar and natural sugars. Um, But that really brought me back to changing my relationship with food over time. And I think that's a key point too, that people have to uh, deal with. And they might find a psychologist, a visitor too, to the psychologist helpful there. So Melissa, you've given our listeners a lot of great uh, tips and suggestions. So right off the bat, you said one of the key things was to find a doctor or practitioner that really that you clicked with, that you were on the same page with, that acted like a coach, like a partner, to be part of your team. And and that was the second thing you said is to build yourself a health team, to use all all of the tools necessary from all of the different disciplines, if it's medical doctors or naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, physical therapists, exercise uh, trainers, whatever it is, use the best of all worlds to help with your health. And then you had said, of course, 
your food is your medicine, basically. Mm-hmm. And that, so one of the questions I have for you, if we talk a little bit about the paleo diet, because as you mentioned, and a lot of our listeners may not really understand that the paleo diet is eating like the caveman used to, not eating dairy, not eating wheat or gluten or grains, not eating soy or legumes or harmful oils. And when I explain that diet to patients, a lot of them get like a deer in the headlights look. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it's, it's really scary for them because they feel like they're going to, they have to quit eating all of their most favorite you know, foods. Melissa, how did you start into the paleo diet? And, and do you have any suggestions to make it a little bit easier for people who, who really need to do that for their health? Yeah, I, I fell into it actually by accident. And uh, I happened to be looking around for what to do for diet. And I was giving a lot of consideration to uh, vegetarian or uh, going down that path. And I started to do some research on it. Um, and the first person that, as I mentioned, and as you mentioned, Tim Ferriss had promoted what he called the slow carb diet, which was including uh, gluten and legumes and stuff. I had tried that out for a few months before I made the jump to paleo and it just wasn't working for me. And also he encouraged cheat days where you went back to eating all your favorite foods and that was having disastrous effects. I was getting mood swings and just feeling very depressed and I was like, this isn't working for me. However, I had cut out quite a bit of sugars and things like that as he recommended. So I stumbled on the paleo diet actually by accident. I found Abel James's podcast and he is sort of like myself, a citizen advocate of, uh, of the paleo way of eating. And he talked about, uh, he was really interviewing various people like, like we're doing today and talking about what they'd done, what they'd found out and what successes they'd had. And I said, wow, this is, this is great. So you just eat real food, non-processed food. I think I can do that. And he had some resources on his website, which I found, and um, I applied those to as my sort of outline. Now, something which I think is key for people to do, and again, I, I really feel this is an absolute necessity, and that is to get a food sensitivity test. Have your doctor, uh, I think you can't do that by yourself. I think you do need a doctor's referral to get that today. Um, but I really, really recommend people get that done because I had, I was totally shocked by the results of that. It showed that I did not have a, uh, high sensitivity to gluten, but some sensitivity. And I knew that already just by the way I felt, but surprisingly enough, everything that was used in gluten-free foods, such as sorghum and teff and these ancient grains, I was highly, uh, inflamed by. I mean, the results were way high for those. So by going by going so-called in quotes gluten-free, I was causing even more trouble for my internal digestive system. So I also found that I did have a sensitivity to dairy, not a huge one, not an allergy, not a full-blown allergy, but a sensitivity. By that point, I was about four months in. And so my doctor said, would you consider giving it up? Because it's going to help your results. It's going to help your inflammation. I said, let's go for it. But I highly recommend people do that because a lot of things they may think they're not having problems with may be causing inflammation and may be causing them not to lose weight or not to get the sugar um, out of their diet. And that's the other big problem is trying to focus on getting processed sugar of all kinds out of your diet and also being careful if you're in the paleo area 
A lot of them will use things like maple syrup and uh, agave, which for someone who has insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome, that doesn't help you. That tends to spike your blood sugar, so it throws you off. And a lot of people doing the paleo diet are doing a tremendous amount of exercise and are already pretty fit and healthy in some cases because it's uh, linked a lot with the CrossFit community. So a lot of those people can do things that I, someone like myself, couldn't possibly do. So they'll include these foods, which are, in quotes, natural sugars, but which for someone who has an insulin resistance like me, you can't, you can't do that. you got to stay, stay away from that. But you can incorporate things like berries and things like sweet potatoes and things like that. Those are all things I use to help me boost my energy. So it's kind of a trial and error, but there's no question a food sensitivity test will help you. And it also may be helpful to not give up everything at once like I did. <laughs> I would certainly consider gluten and soy as something to give up for maybe 21 days or so to see how you feel. Um, and then go further and maybe do dairy as well if, if you feel you can. I think for somebody to go from eating the standard American diet or a diet of mostly processed foods to give up everything at once might cause a massive crash. <laughs> yeah. And it's really difficult. So mentally, mentally too, it just yeah. may be, um, a case where somebody says my life is over now because I can't have the foods I like. And I, if you get to that point mentally, I think that's where Dr. Carpenter was saying, you know, you may need to talk to a psychologist about what goes on here because you can throw yourself into a depression, you know, by feeling that you're losing or you're, you know, everything's being taken away from you. But there's no question that if you, you know, try giving up, say, gluten for a 21 day period or, uh, you know, 18 days, something like that, just see how you feel. That was the thing that happened for me as I felt so much better. And, uh, and I just, you know, I felt good. I felt really good. And then the shocking results of my blood pressure dropping so much, um, was another thing that made boosted my mental health and made me think, Oh, wow, I'm having, I'm getting results here. This is great. This is great. And then the weight loss was a, a bonus because I wasn't weighing myself every day. I banished the scale. I said to the trainer, you take the weight, you know, at the end of two weeks or whatever, and you take the measurements. And then I saw results there and I was like, okay, I'm on board here. Let's go. <laughs> Fantastic. So again, for our listeners, a paleo diet is avoiding dairy, avoiding gluten and grains, avoiding soy and legumes and uh, harmful oils in the diet. So Melissa, can you give our listeners an example of what you eat for breakfast on a paleo diet? Yeah. What I try to do is, um, is have something like a poached egg, a poached egg, which you can easily make, or even like three minute eggs or four minute eggs, uh, in the morning. And I do a little bit of, um, sweet potato. It can be either boiled or it can be uh, a baked sweet potato that you've made. I, I do some on a, uh, three or four at a time usually. So I have them ready to warm up. And then I'll do a little bit of maybe um, some grass-fed beef crumbles or some uh, grass-fed pork, which is really hard to find, U.S. Wellness Meats, I recommend. Uh, it doesn't have sugar, and it's, um, it's as clean as you can find in the pork department there. And then uh, I am a big fan, I know it's a little bit controversial, but of Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee, which is, uh, he has his own brand of coffee. There's a lot of good brands out there which have very low level of mycotoxins. 
and use a little MCT oil, which you can find on Amazon, which is a medium chain triglyceride oil. It's a refined coconut oil. And I use ghee instead of butter because uh, I'm not doing dairy right at the moment. And, um, and I mix that with the coffee and a little bit of uh, cinnamon, a little bit of um, maybe a, a eighth of a teaspoon of cocoa powder, uh, organic cocoa powder. It makes a pretty good drink. Uh, it's a luxury, but uh, it gives you a great boost for the day. And that sets me up for my 10,000-step walk, which usually comes after that, or a, a workout, um, a 30-minute workout, uh, body weight workout with uh, my trainer. We're still working on uh, rehabbing some of the joints and stuff. But um, that's pretty much what a breakfast is. I also throw in usually a little bit of spinach, Um or some sort of a green in, in with the eggs, and uh, that's that. And then the way my doctor has me working is to make sure the blood sugar never spikes. So I do eat more kind of in the way of snacks during the day, and that those are in the form of green smoothies, which would be with using coconut milk, uh, using kale or greens, um, mustard greens, um, dandelion greens, things like that, a cup or two of those blend it up and um, maybe some fiber supplement as well and a little pea protein. Again, I stay away from the casein or anything that's related to dairy. And then I'll kind of follow that through to lunch and do something similar. I usually do a fish if I can for lunch, a wild caught fish of some kind, some greens again, um, a little bit of coconut oil for the cooking process. And then Usually in the afternoon, about 4 o'clock, I'll do another green smoothie. So I'll do one in mid-morning after the workout and then one in late afternoon. And then uh, kind of a light dinner, um, uh, again, a fish or a grass-fed meat of some kind. Um, but heavy on the greens, uh, not too big on the protein. A lot of people get off track by making protein a huge part of the meal. Uh, I tend to go more toward the greens as the big part of the meal and the coconut oil and the protein as the smaller part of the meal. So, Melissa, thank you for sharing that with us. I know some of our listeners, when, when we start talking about green smoothies, they're kind of like, oh, that sounds a little bit disgusting. But the um, truth is you, you, don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't really taste a lot of those greens. Yeah, and you can certainly put um, what I do with the, with you use the organic unsweetened coconut milk and you put just a little like a teaspoon of uh, organic uh, cocoa powder in there. Uh, and even some chia seeds or something. It's like a chocolate frap. Uh, that's what it yes. tastes like when you blend it up. I think you, you do need to, and I've talked about this, I, I would invest in a good blender. Um, I know they cost a couple hundred bucks, sometimes above 300 bucks. Um, you will get your money's worth out of it. And something like that can blend up. I mean, I throw, like I said, dandelion greens in there and every kind of a thing, and it blends them up beautifully. Also, avocado makes a great uh, chocolatey kind of uh, frap kind of shake. And uh, and you can also make, you can do chocolate avocado uh, blend and put them in the freezer and have like an ice cream out of that if you want. It's really good. Uh, avocados are one of the best gluten-free, natural, natural gluten-free meals. And because I'm in California, they're, they are affordable here. Um, but they're, they're a great uh, thing that I eat on a daily basis as well. Yeah, so for our listeners, I, I would like you to try, at least try, if you've never done a green smoothie, I want you to try taking some organic spinach, two big handfuls, shove that in your blender, add some cocoa, add a half of an avocado, add some coconut milk, 
blend that up, you will be surprised at how good that tastes. Yeah, the, the cocoa powder will give it that, that sweetness. And you'll also find as you begin to reduce your dependence on uh, processed sugar, your taste for sweet will be way heightened. And even berries, like uh, sometimes in the evening, evening meal for dessert, I'll do blueberries or something, make a blueberry smoothie. Um, you won't need sugar. You'll, you'll find it quite sweet. Just using some nice organic berries, even frozen berries you can get like at a Trader Joe's or something. You'll find your taste eventually, particularly if you've been, you know, I was pretty much addicted to diet sodas and things like that. I'd have a couple of those a day and they just wreak havoc with your taste buds and also make you crave the salty things and all. It just sets off a whole cycle. So you'll find that you'll find that quite sweet if you put a little cocoa powder in and, um, like I said, uh, you can make it almost like a chocolate pudding. <laughs> it's true. So, Melissa, let's talk a little bit about weight loss because a lot of listeners are really struggling with losing weight. They're trying to do everything that they can that they think are the right things, you know, as far as exercise and healthy eating is concerned. For you, what do you think was the most important thing you did to get your weight loss started? Uh, for me, I think it was just trying to concentrate on those 10,000 steps and to also work on re restoring the issues I had with joints. So I had runner's knee, which limited me to do any kind of like running on a treadmill or any kind of strenuous exercise with, that involved the knees. Um, so while I was rehabbing that, I tried to keep the 10,000 steps as a minimum movement for the day. So a minimum mo movement pattern. So that was my least amount I would do would be 10,000. So maybe more, maybe 12 or 13, 15,000 steps. So from the time I rolled out of bed in the morning, tried to get those, get those in or more. And then as I, I found that doing physical therapy, of course, I repaired the runner's knee rather quickly within a couple of weeks that was back to normal. And uh, I found also I was improving my shoulder so I could use um, kettlebells and things like that. But again, I focused on doing quite a, quite a limited workout, uh, more like a full body weight workout. And uh, it really only took about maybe 35, 40 minutes each day uh, doing it twice a week. So I would do a full uh, body workout on a Monday then do a couple of days of recovery from that and then do intervals like on a spin bike, maybe four or five intervals, um, building up to maybe 10 intervals. So bike as hard as you can, put it on the biggest resistance for 30 or 40 seconds and then have a rest and then back and do another round. And then that would be it for that day. And then two more days recovery and then back to the full body weight workout. And if people want to dig into this further, they can just go to my website, fattofitmyquest.com, and look for eccentric exercise. That's where I learned about this form of using body weight and the negative, where you do just the down motion of all these exercises. You do a, like a, a pull-up. Of course, I can't do a normal pull-up because of my shoulder, but you can do one on an exercise ball with someone helping you. And then you can do, um, using the Triax uh, tool, those straps, you can do a uh, chest press that way. And remember, I'm doing this with an osteoarthritic shoulder. So if I can do it, you guys out there can do it. And then you do, um, you know, some one-legged squats with a bench underneath you and things like that. And you'll find that's quite challenging. Uh, you might not, might not sound like much of a workout, but if you do that, 
go through those steps. Um, and my friend Lee Rich, I think, uh, contributed some videos on the site. You can see him going through the exercises one by one. And uh, you'll find that'll get you quite far down the road. But I think the most important thing for me in the weight loss issue was the food, was the way of eating, was changing the actual uh, types of food I was eating. I, I, it's my opinion, and I could be wrong on this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. But I don't feel people can get the results and get lasting results if they continue eating processed food. I think it just throws your digestive system and your body into such a, a state of inflammation that you cannot get lasting results. And if you are going to turn things around, you have to try to reverse the insulin resistance and get your body functioning. You have to try to get that inflammation down. Melissa, I totally agree with you. In my practice, the patients that have always across the board made the, the best recovery in their health are the ones that have truly changed their diet. So I definitely agree with you. And, and the patients that kind of changed their diet or sort of changed their diet, they always hit a wall. Yeah, now I think, you know, when I look, uh, I was involved with uh, Dr. John Berardi's program too. Uh, that was, I tried to get all the information I could, as I said, when I was assembling my team. And he was certainly, he's a uh, advisor to the Olympians, to the UFC fighters, all these people pretty pretty well renowned as uh, an authority on nutrition and I was following along his program uh, kind of auditing his program uh, which was made available to me through the ski instructors association and you know everything was pretty linear linear and tracking as it went along little by little but so much of it could be traced back to what you were eating on a day-to-day -day basis and I think the mindset of I'll just do this diet in quotes for a few weeks or a month and then I can go back to the way I was eating just isn't going to work. <laughs> there has to be a mental shift there somewhere. And for me, it, it occurred. It, it occurred when I started to change what I was eating and I realized this is my new way of eating. This is a lifestyle. It's not a in quotes diet. And I think Dr. Berardi talks about that quite a bit as, as you sort of make this journey, you, you learn things as you go along the way. Um, but you will have, you know, I think one of the key things again is I, I wouldn't be, I'd get rid of the scale. And I would get rid of, um, you know, measurements. I would do them on a two-week or even a 30-day basis and uh, get a pair of jeans that fit really tight, uh, put those aside, put those on your measurement day and do that because it will throw you into depression or into backsliding if you are going to jump on the scale every day and say, oh, look, there's no results. Oh, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, I'll just, I'll just all or nothing. I'll just go back and eat, you know, a box of uh, Pringles today and feel better. Um, that's just avoiding the problem. So you have to, uh, the mental change has to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and as you said, I, you know, I like that, like you, you, you're recommending put that scale away. Don't step on it every day because the ups and downs of the scale can be really hard on, on people. And, and, and a lot of people don't realize that, when they eat foods that they're allergic to or sensitive to, their weight can fluctuate three pounds, five pounds, eight pounds quite easily. So getting back to what you had said earlier about if you can find out what your food allergies are or your food sensitivities, that can have a big impact on your weight, your inflammation, your blood sugar, everything. 
Yeah, and that those are the things you've just mentioned there. Those are the keys. That's what's going to cause weight loss or result in weight loss, in my opinion, uh, and in my doctor's opinion as well, because he said insulin resistance, the improper use of what you're taking in by your body is the result of decades of eating processed food, but also of the high level of inflammation. And I was able to that, that I'm so proud of. I'm trying to get to less than one is the perfect inflammation score. And I'm, as of May, I was at three. So <laughs> from 16.9 to three. So I'm, I'm still cruising toward the less than one. But if you can get those scores down, uh, you will see results and you will see massive results uh, going forward and you'll see consistent results, in my opinion. I think the huge thing the weight loss industry and fitness industry focuses on is working out, killing yourself in the gym. And that, that causes all kinds of problems because one of the key things I found also, uh, was you need rest, you need recovery and you need absolute high quality sleep. And that was one of the things, of course, I paid no, no attention to until I got going. And then by learning about how important that was and how it was the sort of the magic, uh, the magic bullet to weight loss, I have to say it worked great for me because when I started to improve my sleep quality, I started to measure it. I started to, I didn't become a fanatic, but I just started to measure how, how well I was sleeping, got the sleep, did a sleep audit, got my sleep conditions perfect and, or close to perfect and, uh, results started happening. So I think these are areas that, you know, the traditional weight loss and fitness industries don't focus on. They focus on come to the gym, run on the treadmill, you'll lose weight. And also they, they don't focus much on diet. They focus on low fat, um, you know, gluten-free things like that, which are really a, a, a misdirection, I think of people's, uh, attention. And it's a shame because people as myself, I, I would tend to listen to that, you know, and not realize what was going on until I dug a little deeper and found out the, the real, the real story. So to recap your exercise program, you had said that you put a pedometer on every day and make sure you walk at least 10,000 steps. Right. And you had said twice a week you do a resistance or muscle building exercise for 30 to 40 minutes and exercise or movements that are easy on your joints because you, you said you'd have problems with your shoulder, problems with your knee. Right, right. If you, like I said, if you, uh, if they want to take a look at the eccentric workout, um, just go to my site and, and you'll see there, there's an episode where we talked about it. And also my friend Lee Rich, um, who's a trainer over in England has a whole video series that we link to there and he shows you how to do it. Uh, if you have injuries, you might need a partner or someone, you know, you might need to have a trainer work with you at first to, they actually would lift it. The, they do the, the up the up motion of the weight, and then you just do the down motion. So what you're saying, uh, exercise-wise, sounds very doable for everybody. You know, very doable. like you said, you don't have to go out there every day and kill yourself. No, I think just moving more, which means now 10,000 steps, it, it sounds like a lot, but when you start to measure it, you'll see it's not. From the time you roll out of bed in the morning till the time you hit the hay at night, that's not, I mean, that covers everything from grocery shopping to walking the dog to, you know, doing the steps, this and that. And if you have a device, you can get a, a regular pedometer at Walmart for less than $5. And you can also use your phone. There's a ton of apps. You can also get a wristband if you want. I've, I've talked about, I used a, um, a Fitbit band for a while. 
And when you look at it at four o'clock and you're almost at your 10,000 steps or you're at 12, five and you want to do 13, it just pushes you. It gives you that motivation to, okay, let's just take it. Let's take the dog for another walk. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, so it gives you that again, a mental, uh, push to keep going. It kind of gamifies the situation. And, um, just adding that movement, you don't realize how much you're sitting during the day. Even if you aren't in a cubicle working, you're just sitting around, you're not doing stuff. And the more you get moving, the more it'll help things get working for you. It'll help your body build up, um, you know, more muscle tone, everything. And, uh, so I'm a big proponent of just get, get going, get moving, try to get those 10,000 steps or even more each day. Now, Melissa, when we first started our podcast, you had talked a little bit about um, a thyroid issue that you're working on now. Can you tell our audience about that? Yeah, um, I'm in the process of trying to figure out if I can either improve or even reverse the hypothyroid issue. I was diagnosed with that back in uh, right around 2000. So it's been a while. And I was on traditional thyroid medicine, uh, the Synthroid um, medicine. And when I decided to dig into this a little further was uh, around the uh, early spring of this year. And I had a chance to uh, reach out to Dr. Alan Christensen out in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And he's a well-known expert on this he is yes also Good for a fun you functional medicine guy and also has a cryo uh chamber <laughs> at his <laughs> office he's got all sorts of cool toys anyway i um had reached out to him and asked him if he would work with me on this and he said he was really fascinated uh by my situation and so we again began kind of a sherlock holmes adventure to figure out how it was that this diagnosis came about and how this condition happened now, for people who have been diagnosed with this, everybody, as I say quite often, is different. So I'm going to tell you what happened or what we think is happening with me. But you need to go to an expert and your traditional medical doctor, I'm not saying anything against them, but they just may not be the right expert to talk to about it. So I talked with him about it, and I actually had a chance to visit him out at his clinic there in, in Scottsdale. And we did a battery of tests. One of the tests was uh, heavy metals. I had just had some mercury fillings removed from my teeth. And I said, I think I'm in great shape, Doc. You know, I think I'm heavy metal free. I think the test will prove I'm just all great. And uh, come to find out, no. <laughs> uh, we found I had a high amount of lead in, in my body. And... Um, so I'm right now in the process of detoxing that, which will take a while. Uh, it's a slow process to do if you're not going to do what they call the, uh, the intravenous uh, chelation process. And what we figured out was that it may have been an exposure in childhood or it may have been an exposure that happened around 2000 when I was diagnosed with um, hypothyroid. So we're still looking into that to see if we can find markers that will point us in that direction. But what we did notice was as the weight dropped and as my inflammation went down, all the thyroid numbers began to change. And what we take from that at this point in time, so that we began this treatment sometime in May of this year, is that uh, the thyroid may be actually coming back online. It may be starting to function in a normal way. So we're tweaking the medication and he's actually prescribing medication for me now. I went off the traditional medication, and we're doing a, a sort of a very refined uh, 
process, I guess a protocol you'd call it, and I get a blood test every couple of weeks to see where I am and levels. But that's stunning because at the beginning of my blood panels, the thyroid was staying, you know, it was staying in the green zone because I was taking a certain kind of medicine. And as I began to just change the diet and do these other things, uh, boom, all sorts of things started to happen. And I, that was one of the questions I had for him is what's going on? What's happening? And he's like, well, your body's reacting, you know, things are being repaired, things are coming back online. So he said, maybe, you know, this is starting to heal some of the things that were an issue for you. So the focus at the moment is getting literally and figuratively getting the lead out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that that's a, that's a, again, that's a serious thing. And you have to be careful how you do it. So you don't, in having taking a substance that will bind onto the lead and get it out of your body, you have to make sure you don't deplete the minerals in your body. You know that would help your bones and things like that. So, very careful. You don't want to do that haphazard. You need to have an expert guiding you on that. But we're thinking that I have no genetic history. Uh, I did a 23andMe test. Uh, again, if people want to know about that, just look it up online, 23andMe.com. And I have no genetic history for thyroid. So we're thinking it's an environmental. Uh, trigger. As Dr. Uh, Christensen talks about, there's two ways. It's either an inherited thing that gets turned on, um, which goes into the whole area of epigenetics, another another show for that. Um, or it's it's you've been you know exposed to something in the environment or you've created something in your environment which caused this to happen. You had a normally functioning thyroid and suddenly it didn't function. My theory was that it was brought on by uh, traditional dieting and overexercise and because I'd done that for years. I had, you know, an attempt to lose weight again and again, had just done killer exercise, you know, standard processed food, diet, restrictive calories, and it just killed my body uh, for years. And that was my theory, but it now may be that I had exposure to lead or something else that triggered it, or both, combination of the two. So that's where we are, the story to be finished in the future. We'll have to save that for a part two. Part two, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I am going to talk about the detox that I'm doing uh, you know, down the road a little bit here, because I think we have to see what the results are. Uh, and I'll be going back for another challenge, what they call the challenge test on that, uh, sometime in October, because uh, this process takes a while to, like I said, it's uh, it's more than two months of uh, detoxing of the lead and stuff, getting it to bind onto things. And then we'll be running some more tests, and I'll have – I like to, as I point out on my website, put a lot of these things on the site so that people can see that there's no BS involved, <laughs> that these are actually – you know, things I'm doing and these are the results thus far. So we'll see how that goes and I can go into a little bit more depth and we may find out what happens with the thyroid. Um, of course, it's a huge problem in weight loss if yours isn't functioning properly or if you're taking medication which is bound with some kind of a dairy or a gluten, which sometimes they are. You have to be super careful about that. And I didn't realize that until I talked to Dr. Christensen and Dr. Carpenter both agreed you have to be careful what you're taking in terms of thyroid uh, support, that you're not mistakenly adding something which has something inflammatory in it because that's working against you. Yeah, so everything that you've mentioned so far today with changing your diet to a paleo diet, really, really addressing all the inflammation in your body, getting your blood sugar stable, all of that helps your thyroid. But like you said, for a lot of people, one of the big factors for why they have a thyroid problem is heavy metal. So that's really great that you found Dr. Christensen and that, of, of course, he's doing all the right stuff for you. 
Yeah, again, I would recommend people, particularly if they're, you know, have dental work which contains old mercury fillings or if they may or may not have been exposed to um, lead. Uh, you know, if you've lived in a place that's been renovated, I've lived in a bunch of places, you know, over my lifetime that have been renovated. I've lived in Europe and other places uh, which have undergone renovations which may or may not have had lead. Um, but you just don't know. And we don't know either if I ingested it, could it could have been through water pipes, you know, drinking water from old lead pipes. Could it have been, you know, inhaled from lead that wasn't properly removed from a renovated place? Who knows? Um, so again, we may track it down, but I would encourage people. I know I thought that the heavy metals was, you know, not, you know, as I said, I went into it saying, Hey, I'm going to be in great shape here, doc. We're not have nothing to worry about here. Um, and I was pretty wrong there and uh, of course I was wrong on something I had no idea about I thought it would be from the metals in my teeth and it turned out you know I had an exposure that I didn't know about so that can be something pretty serious and I, I, I don't like to scare people but Dr. Christensen said he treated people that were diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease that actually had a, a large amounts of heavy metal in their body um, and by removing that I don't want to say they were cured but it vastly changed their their mental process. So you might find that uh, you might want to do a heavy metals test and you need again to go to a practitioner that's familiar with this process. So Melissa, I want to thank you for, for being such an inspiration for all the listeners out there for sharing your journey with your health over the past year or two. And Melissa, how can our audience find out more about you and more about your, your podcast? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, they can find the website. It's fattofitmyquest.com. There's a ton of information there. All the podcasts are on that site, too. You can just go to the podcast page. Uh, there's more stuff every week that we put up there. I also, as I mentioned, I post my Wellness FX results that are uh, appropriate, and I talk about other things and post them, too, to show people. I think there's some info up there uh, about uh, dunk tanks. That's a whole other subject, and body fat and metabolism, another subject. Uh, the podcast is every Thursday is when we try to release a new podcast. It's Fat to Fit My Quest. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, everywhere, <laughs> and uh, also Facebook, Fat to Fit, uh, Facebook.com, Fat to Fit My Quest. There's quite a lot of activity over on the Facebook page. People ask questions and stuff. Again, I just share what, what I've learned and what I think can help other people and help them really make a, a massive change in their health and also, of course, in the fat loss category. Melissa, thank you again for being my special guest today. This was such an awesome interview. All right, that, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Melissa Curtis. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.